Welcome to Southside Presbyterian Church. The following sermon was taken from our Sunday gathering. If you'd like to find out more, or if we can help you on your journey in faith, head to our website, www.southsidepc.org, or visit us any Sunday morning at 9am. We're going to read the Bible now, and we're going to have a look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 12 to 19. So if you've got your Bibles there, have them open or it'll be on the screen behind me. This is God's Word. It says this, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ... We are, of all people, most to be pitied. Good morning. Uh, My name is Dan. I'm one of the elders here at Southside, and that's my pleasure to open up and preach from God's Word uh, for us this morning. Uh, Would you please join me as we pray? Uh, Heavenly Father, we do pray as we think about uh, your words here written uh, for us, that you would challenge us, Lord, as we start a new year to think about what it means to live lives that are honouring to you. We do pray that in our um, fears and our doubts, Lord, you would also be our comfort, that through the words that we read and as we understand them, Lord, um, that we would find hope uh, in you and in you alone. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. With the new year, I've taken some time to think about the year that's been and wondered what have been the things that actually made a difference. What were those days, what were those moments that changed the year for me last year? For you, what were some of those days? If you were to reflect on those moments from last year, what were those moments that changed your year or changed your life? See, there was one day last year, it was even last month in December, that changed my year, that immediately improved my year. You see, after a four-month war, I bought some of these. A four-month war against these swallows over the site of my house and who had the right to live at my house. See, four months of these birds, these swallows, building nests on the side of my house, me going out every second day, sometimes every day, to knock down these nests, wipe up, uh, sweep up the mud, clean the patio where the mud had fallen, wash down the house every two or three days, and this would go on for four months. We tried all sorts of things to fix this problem. Fake owls, um, repellent spray, sending the kids out to yell at the birds and chase them away. But we had 20 or 30 birds that would come back and nest on our house every day, no matter what we did, until we got these. And then there was peace. Peace for the rest of my year, knowing I didn't have to spend those afternoons every day going out to clean up, going out to shoo away birds. It gave me my afternoons back and it changed my year. 
Now, in all seriousness, I also know there are more meaningful days for some of us uh, that we've had this year. Some of us may have gotten new jobs, and that role changed our year. Some of us got married. Some of us had children. Some of us have lost, have lost jobs. Some of us have lost loved ones. There have also been significant events for our world this year, events on a far bigger scale that have affected us too. I'm sure a lot of us remember when the wall finally came down between Queensland and New South Wales in January and we could travel again. I'm sure some of us remember the heavy rain and flooding in March and May. It was almost a year ago when Russia invaded the Ukraine. Her Majesty the Queen passed away this year. Days of real significance for many, and in some cases they still are. But I imagine for most of us, some of those things I've mentioned are things that we barely remember, or they seem like a distant memory. Maybe, they, while significant, maybe they didn't actually bring real lasting change for us. And so our question for this morning is, well, what things should change us? What events should change us, and how do they change us? In the passage that we just heard from 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul is reflecting on one of the biggest events in history, a day that didn't just change his life, a day that didn't just change the lives of the people he was talking to, but changed the world. The day when Jesus himself rose from the dead. And in his mind, in Paul's mind, this is a significant event not only for him, but for all of history. And in our passage, Paul explores two big questions about what the resurrection means and how it needs to be significant for us. He asks two questions. He first of all says, and we heard it in our reading, what if it didn't happen? And then he talks about what happened, what does it mean if it did? So first of all, what if it didn't happen? I'll just read it out again for us. And if Christ has been, not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him from the dead, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Just a couple of things I'll draw out from here for us in these heavy verses. First of all, he says that our preaching is useless. I may as well just get off the stage and wasting our time here. We talk about Christianity being good news. Good news. And if there's no resurrection, there is no good news. Without the resurrection, we have nothing to offer our world that the world can't find somewhere else. There are plenty of books, plenty of people, plenty of thoughts, plenty of ways of belief that make people behave better that make them better husbands and wives, more conscientious workers, smarter children. We have nothing else to offer if, there is, if Christ did not come back from the dead. In fact, it's even worse than that, because Paul says, we're saying he did rise from the dead, and we are liars, we're just making this up. Our preaching is useless. 
if Christ has not been raised. But not just for people preaching and talking about God's word, he says Christianity, faith, is just a waste of time if Jesus did not rise. Not just for them, not just for his original listeners, but for us too, us reading his words 2,000 years later. Any time spent reading the Bible, attending growth group, praying for friends, family, any money given to church or mission, all of it is useless if Christ has not been raised. Once again, what is it for? Just nice things to do, things that might help us feel better about our lot in life? So what? If there's no resurrection, if there's no certain outcome, if there's no hope, if there's no end goal for us to press towards, in the moments of facing hardship or facing challenge, what do we have to offer if there is no life? Without the resurrection, our faith is useless. And then finally, we get to the end of this little section where Paul says to us that if Christ has not been raised, then we, people who believe in Jesus, who believe that he's been raised from the dead, we are of all people most to be pitied. We've been duped. We've believed the lie and we have wasted our time, our money, our gifts, following Jesus. People throughout history, across our world, have faced persecution and in some cases death for believing that Jesus rose from the dead and if he did not come back, all of that is for naught. And we are the people who have devoted ourselves, who have devoted our lives to following that lie, that myth, that legend. And at the end, we'll have nothing to show for it. In Paul's mind, the resurrection of Jesus is not some additional footnote on the life of Jesus. It's not as if we celebrate Christmas and his coming and that being one amazing event and then his death and then after that something happened where he rose back to life. No, Paul says that this is a huge deal. If, Christ, if Jesus Christ did not come back from the dead, Christianity is a waste of time. Reflecting on his own life, Paul says that now if there is no resurrection from the dead, if there is no resurrection from the dead, if the dead are not raised at all, why are we being baptized for following Jesus? Why would we be baptized following a dead man? And why do we endanger ourselves every hour? Paul's saying he faces death every day. Yes, as surely as he boasts about the people he's writing to in Christ Jesus the Lord, if he has fought, fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what has he gained if there is no resurrection? It would be a farce without it. Because without the resurrection, Christianity is just something else, another idea, another belief that might make life better, but maybe not either. Now, you might be here today, and that might be what you think. You might think that some of this Christianity stuff is a farce, because why can people come back from the dead? You might be here having questions about why do people believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and why Christians would believe that it actually happened as a historical event. And here at Southside, we all have questions. Right? None of us have worked out what following Jesus looks like exactly. Not all of us know all the answers to life 
and we aren't going always, always going to be able to get them. And if you have questions about the resurrection of Jesus or anything else about Jesus' life, we're keen to look into those answers with you. Come and have a chat to Ben or myself, and we'd love to talk about that with you. We run an Alpha course uh, a couple of times a year where we get to talk about why it's reasonable to believe in Jesus and believe that he actually did rise from the dead. And we'd love to get into those questions with you in that space as well. But ultimately, Paul finishes this text, by this part of our passage, by saying, without the resurrection, Christianity is useless. But then he moves on. He moves on quickly to, instead of asking what happens if it didn't happen, what does that mean if it didn't happen? He's asking now, well, what if it did? And he continues, Paul says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also came through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Now growing up, um, my, well, I do say my brother and I, but it really it was me. I watched too much professional wrestling. My younger brother joined me, and more often than not, we imitated what we saw. It usually involved the lounge room and mattresses, and our parents calling out saying, you should really stop that, but they knew it was good for us to use some energy and let out some of our aggression on each other as long as we didn't break anything. But it meant a bit more for my brother than it did for me. See, my brother wanted to show that he was the one who was strongest. He wanted to show that he was the one who could hold his own against his stronger, smarter, older brother. See, he believed the mantra that they talked on our professional wrestling shows, they talked about all the time. He believed the mantra that said, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And so in his mind, to show that he was strong and capable, that meant trying, attempting, to beat me. Now, for humanity, death is the biggest enemy that we have to face. And it has been the biggest enemy since Adam and Eve had to leave the Garden of Eden. Our best efforts in medical advancement to extend life, in cosmetics to cover over the effects of death, have not defeated death. We use phrases like, someone has cheated death or performed a death-defying stunt or someone has saved someone's life, those things are really misnomers because at best, they have just delayed it. We can't cheat death. We can't defy death. The list of people who have come back from the dead is a pretty short list. And even then, whether by miracle, like in the life of Jesus, or through resuscitation by medical professionals, we aren't able to avoid death forever. We are not the strongest when it comes to our world and uh, the powers that are there. We are all mastered by death. And this is what makes the resurrection such good news. In being raised from the dead, Jesus was the one who defeated our greatest enemy. His greatest showing of strength was when he rose from the dead, showing that death is now no longer the master, that death is not all-powerful. He was. The resurrection of Jesus shows us that death is not the end. And because 
he rose he defeated death and calls for us to follow in him and for us to cheat death for us to defeat and defy death by following in him and being raised with him it can bring us hope it can bring us joy as he's writing this letter Paul basically breaks out into song as he gets close to finishing this section thinking about the resurrection of Jesus he sings where O death is your victory where O death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ now that doesn't mean that death is still is easy or that it's not something that can make us sad it certainly does I was at a funeral a couple of weeks ago for a Christian and there's moments of sadness and loss but there's also moments of joy joy knowing that death is not the end because Jesus has been raised from the death from death there's another thing this means for us too if Jesus did come back from the dead it means that death is not the end it also means that life is not the goal so he talks about at the end of this section we've got here that for as in Adam all die so in Christ all will be made alive there is a defeating of death but there's also a giving of life there is a meaning there is a sense that if death is not the end then there is life to live now I've got an illustration for this if you bear with me um, you may have seen this before but I'm going to use it because it's a good one so imagine your life is represented by this rope the good moments the bad moments the sad moments the moments of great joy all represented along this rope so 70 80 years mapped out as a timeline somewhere hopefully less not even this along this rope now if the resurrection of Jesus really happened if there really is life after death then the 70 or 80 years we spend on earth aren't this section here it's this one the 70 or 80 years that we have here that God gives us to live on this planet are here and beyond this there's something else we go somewhere else now the challenge we have from the resurrection of Jesus is that we spend so much of our time making decisions and thinking through how we live based on this section rather than this one so if I get this promotion I'll earn more money here which will mean that this little bit here when I retire is going to be amazing if I get that promotion and earn more money here or maybe if I don't go to youth tonight or if I don't go to Bible study tonight and spend some time with some friends instead that'll help me get to know some people here that'll make this part of school or uni a bit easier and then after that I'll just be happier and it'll, things will be better or maybe maybe I'll just sleep in a little bit and I won't read my Bible or pray I'll get a bit more rest and that'll help this little bit here and this little bit here too often we think about the decisions that we make and the things that happen in our life only looking at this section 
and how it affects here without the rest. So, what could it look like instead? Maybe, if I get offered the promotion here, what if that's taking time away from me leading my family? And instead of taking that promotion, what if I spend time with friends, with family, with my kids, teaching them about Jesus so that they can enjoy this section here instead? What if instead of going out for dinner with friends or not going to a growth group that night, what if I do go? I can go and hear from God and get to know Him better I, about this God who I'm going to spend all this time with instead. I can spend time in community here with people who love Jesus, who can help me follow Jesus so that they can point me to this life here and I can enjoy this life here with them as well. What are the decisions that we have to make this year that the resurrection of Jesus can change for us, can help us rethink? Not so it's all focused on here, but focused on here, on the life that's to come, on the life that Jesus gives to all who trust him. See, if Jesus did rise from the dead, death is not the end, and life, this life here, is not the goal. This is the goal. As we start another new year, I'm sure none of us are terribly sure what's going to happen. There'll be some days that affect our lives and affect our years more than others, some for the better, some for the worse. But the day that Jesus rose, the day where he defeated death, the day where he announced his victory, should have the biggest impact on our lives, reminding us that death is not the end and that our life here is not the goal. I want to finish with how Paul finishes this section. At the end of 1 Corinthians 15, he says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. And always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor and your faith is not in vain. Would you join me as we pray? Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this passage of your word that really sets out for us how important it is that your Son has risen from the dead for the victory that gives him over sin and death and for the life that is on offer for each of us.